Amen. Well, we'll call for tonight. Uh, I, I did try. I, I did come from my soap reading this week, uh, but it took me in a little bit of a different direction. So, truthfully, this isn't probably the best example of how to do soap, but it is my example of how to do soap. And for everybody who knows me, I'm ADHD, so it, per, it fits me perfectly fine. And so. Um, but with that, you know, like tonight, as, as Glenn was saying, it, is, it looks different. We're experimenting with like how to best do community for us. Um, and so like with the global events that conspire to isolate and so fear, like we're doing our best to try to bring community together. And so when I was doing my soap uh, this week, um, one of the things that I read was Joshua chapter one. And there's a section of that chapter that stood out to me. And it was the words only um, only be strong and very courageous. And it obviously, like in this time of fear, um, I, like courage is needed, right? And in this time of isolation, community is needed. And so it's with those two ideas in mind that I reflected on Joshua chapter one. And I, like, and I, I would be lying that if I, if I told you that like this wasn't a fearful time for myself as well. Um, like, but what I'm afraid of, and I think what all of us are afraid of, sometimes it looks different. Like, so, so some people are afraid of the isolation. Others are afraid of the virus itself. Others are afraid of what it could do to their loved ones, things like that. And so fear begins to manifest in different ways. Um, but one of the antidotes of fear is actually coming together in community in whatever ways that we can possibly do that. And so one of the things that, um, you know, again, one of the other things that, that I'm fearful of, like, again, is, is around that community um, with in light of the COVID-19 stuff is for folks is that as a, as a new community in the midst of formation, how do we weather this together? How do we like when, when we have a we're trying to bring the conversation together, we're trying to bring community together. How do we make sure that we do that well? Like even tonight, just noticing that like just certain faces are, are missing on the Zoom call. And it's like, is it, is it that they're not able to make it or is it that we've somehow weren't able to find a way to get them online? And are we missing people? Are we losing people? Are we not connecting with people? That kind of stuff. And so my fear really gravitates towards how do we keep everybody connected in, the, in that sense? And so for me, the idea of fear and community or courage and community, I mean, it really resonated with me as I read this passage because it's something that I think as we go forward, we're going to need a lot of courage and we're going to need a lot of community in order to get through all of this time. And so I would say that like, like the book of Joshua as a whole is about a newly formed people on the precipice or on the edge of, of destiny, right? And Anytime that I read a passage in, in the Bible about standing on the edge of, of destiny or things like that, um, it, it, it just draws out all these other echoes because there's, there's like it's, the Bible has these, these things that repeat themselves over and over again in a sense. And so the echoes that, that, that when I read this passage, it really echoed out to me um, Matthew 28. Right. Because in that passage, you know, known as the Great Commission, uh, where Jesus is sending out his newly formed community into a new territory, um, it's, it's this idea of standing on the edge of something new, standing on the edge of, of, you know, the fearful unknown in a sense and embracing it with courage and community. And so I wanted to read both of these passages as, as, as we continue. And so Joshua chapter one, five, verse seven says this. Uh, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or, or the left, that you may have good success wherever you may go. And then Matthew 28 says this, 
And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Right? And so there are a few main places in these two passages where I, where I begin to hear the echoes the most, right? And the first is in the word command um, in both of these passages, right? So Matthew 28, where it says, you know, to observe all the things that I have commanded you, you know, and so Jesus is, is making this authorita authoritative claim on, on his followers, right? He's leaving them with final instructions before he ascends and departs from them. And the instructions are to make disciples, right? They, they are to go do this in the same way that Jesus did it. They are to teach what they were taught and commanded by Jesus. And what was Jesus's way of teaching his disciples, right? Jesus did life with his disciples. Jesus ate with his disciples. Jesus walked with his disciples. Jesus invited his disciples to do what he did. And Jesus commands his disciples to love one another, you know, John 13. Um, and Jesus models loving God and neighbor with them. Right? And so Jesus' disciples, God's newly, God's newly refined and reformed people are standing on the precipice of a new reality, and they're preparing to invite the world to participate with them. And so the kingdom of God is, is described, you know, quite often in the Bible as, as a party or a feast, or, you know, it's something that draws people together. And the disciples are charged with inviting the whole world to show up. And so Joshua 1.7 says it this way, only be strong and very courageous, be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Um, do not turn from it from the right to the left and so on and so on. And God is telling Joshua, who is seceding into leadership um, of God's newly formed people after the death of Moses, to be courageous in taking this newly formed people of God into their promised destiny. And so, or, or you might say into their destined future. Um, and God is also telling Joshua to do according to the law that was given to him and to the people uh, through Moses. Like, what did it look like for Joshua to follow, like, for, um, to follow Joshua into the, into, the, into the promised land, right? For them, in, when we read it in this passage and we look at what happens after the fact, right, it's, it's messy, it's bloody, and it's violent, truth be told. Um, and God's newly formed people, they stand on a precipice of going where they have not been before, but it, and, and, but it looks different, right? Because for Jesus and his followers, one looks like loving inclusion, and the other one looks like conquer, preparing to conquer a new land. And so you have these, like, even though there's an echo, it's still these juxtaposing, these contrasting images that we have in, in, in our heads as we, as we read those two passages. And then the second echo that I see in the overlap is the, the being with clause that's in both passages, right? And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so Jesus' instructions are rooted in this assurance that Jesus is with his disciples in a real way. Even if he's not with them in a physical material sense, he's with them in a very real way. And Joshua 1.5 says, no man shall be able to stand before you all of your days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And so God's instructions to Joshua are rooted in this assurance that in the same way that God was with Moses, he will also be with Joshua. Which leads me to ask this, which led me to ask this question as I, as I was pro processing through it, is Jesus then supposed to be the new Joshua, right? Because Jesus is based, Jesus is based on the Greek pronunciation of, 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 the, of Yeshua, which is, and Joshua is the English pronunciation of the same name, right? So in, in Hebrew, uh, Jesus and Joshua are the same name. And so Jesus and Joshua having that, that, that intentional 
um, intentional connection, right? So just like, you know, like if you were to, like I don't know, I don't really speak any other languages besides a tiny bit of Spanish, but like it'd be like the difference between like Peter and Pedro or Jorge and George or Carl and Carlos, you know, they're the same names in English and Spanish, right? They sound different when you speak them in another language, but it, it boils down to the same thing and they come from the same root. And so the word Yeshua, the name Yeshua, when broken down literally means God saves or Yahweh saves. And so both Joshua and Jesus hold that place of drawing the people to see that God is saving the people in the midst of this story, right? Both of them hold that role. Um, but I would say that in another way, Jesus is, is not Joshua in, in the gospel narrative, right? The disciples become the new Joshua, right? Because quite often I would say like scholars, uh, they'll talk about Jesus as the new Moses, gathering God's people and leading them to the edge of the promised land. Just like Moses, Jesus does not physically, in a material way, enter into the expansion of God's people, um, but he from the outside instructs and sends them. And sends them. And so the disciples of Jesus, the followers of Jesus, um, in that way become the new Joshua, right? The ones who must be strong and courageous. They are the vehicle through which the kingdom of God expands on earth. Jesus is sending his disciples um, and he, and, and into, into a reality that would demand courage of them. They would all face you know, the sort of things that would test them and challenge them um, as they sought to invite others into this newly formed community of Jesus. And so Jesus modeled doing life with his people. He enjoyed table fellowship with outcasts and sinners. He forgave sins. He gave grace, showed mercy, and he was present with the least of these in, in the midst of his ministry. Um, and, it's, and it is this, um, is, and this is what he is sending his disciples to go and do in the world, right? And this demands courage, right? Because Jesus calls his disciples to be in the mix of chaos and not to run from it. Jesus calls out those who would judge like the whole log in the eye metaphor type thing. Jesus radically includes women in his ministry in a time when patriarchy was the norm. Um, they were counted among his disciples and his close companions. Jesus calls out violence, the violence of the world through the cross. And Jesus calls his followers to do the same. Right, and so if we follow Jesus and obey his commands, it'll take a lot of courage for us to do that. And so when it says, be strong and courageous in Joshua, for I shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers um, to give them, um, as disciples and followers of Jesus, uh, I would say that we, can, we, we, even though it's, it's a different narrative, when we hear that echo, it reminds us that we are stepping into something new as well. We are stepping into an inheritance that looks a little bit different, right? And I would say that that inheritance uh, probably looks a lot more, less like conquering, um, and, uh, conquering a new land um, and looks more like the Beatitudes, right? Blessed, blessed are the poor of spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy, right? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for, the, um, for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right, or even simply stated in the Lord's Prayer that we normally say together when we come, when we come together, um, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I would say when we, if we take those words seriously and we step into that reality that, that God is, is inviting us to participate in actually making, you know, God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, uh, then we need to courageously step into the kingdom of God, heaven becoming a reality of this world. It can, it's gonna take courage. And then the kingdom of God, 
I would, I would just say this is not some ethereal, uh, you know, ethereal or out there kind of world um, afterlife, but it's a tangible reality where God's reign is fully present or where, where God's presence is fully realized in a sense. And so the kingdom of God is actualized when the church and not, not, not just any, like a church, but like, you know, um, but the participants of the big C church, like the global universal historical church, um, through local communities embodies this new reality in ways that the world um, can tangibly connect to, right? And so I would say that for me, when I read that passage, looking, looking forward to the season of the, the coronavirus and all the different things that are happening, right, is that we, you know, it's, we need to actually be courageous in our vulnerability and our authenticity because reality is, is that there are a lot of things that are coming before us that if we are not careful, um, are going to feel a lot really overwhelming. You know, you know what I mean. But if we're not vulnerable and we're not open to the people around us, we're going to find ourselves not just isolated physically, but we'll also be communally isolated as well. So, I think it would be take, it takes courage. We need to be courageous in being vulnerable. Um, I think we also need to be courageous in our desire um, for the church to be all that God has dreamed for it to become in the midst of, of seasons like this. Uh, and I think this offers, opens up a, a new opportunity for us to actually step into to trying to figure out community, trying to figure out how do we actually invite people to participate in ways that are life-giving and whole? How do we actually be good news um, in a season where people are desperate for it, right? How do we become a people of good news when there's not necessarily a lot of good news floating around right now? And I, I would say that we gotta be courageous inviting people into the story of Jesus. And this is not, a, I'm not saying this as like some sort of evangelistic push as far as like trying to go out and make converts, but I mean actually being a people of good news. And the story of Jesus, if, if, you know, it's, it's, it's good news. And, and so therefore, how do we invite people into it to experience it in a real tangible way? And I would say it's gonna be courageous to, be, to love your neighbors in this season, because reality is, is when you hear your neighbor cough, um, you're probably wanna be, you're gonna be like, nah, get away from me, you know, throughout the, the holy water and the garlic and whatnot. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, like, uh, truthfully, like, like when, you know, one of the things that like Johnny posted into the, into the Facebook group, um, when he talked about the different, the fact that they had extra supplies, you know, you know what I mean? I think that's, that was just a simple way of actually stepping into that loving your neighbor part. You know, you know what I mean? Being courageous and saying, okay, uh, we can hoard what we have. Like we can say that we don't know if we'll have enough or we can say, or we can say, you know what? Like God has provided plenty for us. How do we share this with other people? How do we be generous with other people? How do we actually love our neighbors well? And, and, and so it's, you know, we have to be courageous in this time of chaos, right? We gotta be courageous in the, in the face of, of COVID-19. Um, and again, I, and I don't mean when I, I don't mean that as disregard caution and, you know, um, but rather like, let's not be ruled by fear. Let's not be ruled by anxiety. Let's not be ruled by the chaos, but rather let's face it with courage. Let's, let's do the things that are safe. Um, as far as, you know, you know, like the, the, the self-separation and the, you know, physical distancing and things like that for sure. Um, but let's not do it in fear. Let's do it out of actually love because reality is, is mo like myself, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not too old, so I'm not too much of a risk. You know, even if I get sick, there's a, there's a pretty good chance I would recover, but there are a lot of people that I love and care about who don't have that, wouldn't have that same opportunity if they were to catch it. Right. And so my actual 
being courageous in the face of COVID-19 and saying, you know what, I can do a little bit of isolation by myself. I can do a little bit of time, you know, by myself. I can do a little bit of, I can do the social distancing. I can do these different things that are actually hard for a lot of people to do. Um, I'm more introverted, so it's, it's not as hard as it is for some people. You know, I'm pretty sure Davey, um, right now, you know, he, you know, we'll call it, he's one of the most social people that I know, you know what I mean? But it's, it's courageous for him to actually step into that space, right? So, um, yeah, so I would just say in the midst of this, just a reminder for us to be courageous, but also to seek out community. Um, because it's in the formation of community that I think we actually get to not just not not just be courageous for our own sake, but we actually get to be courageous with each other, for each other, and to also inspire each other to to courage.